episode 875. The Green Bay Packers were shut out for the first time in more than a decade. We review a loss to the Baltimore Ravens with Kelly Price of NBC 26 in Green Bay. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're looking at a loss to the Baltimore Ravens. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Kelly Price of NBC26 in Green Bay. Kelly, how are you this morning? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining our show. Uh, Kelly, were, were you at the game yesterday? Were you in the studio? What was your perspective? I, I live in the Madison market, so I wasn't able to watch you. Yeah, I was uh, I was at the game. I was in the press box. It was probably as cold in the press box as it was on the field. It was actually pretty cold yesterday. Um, but, you know, got to see that whole wonderful game from the press box. They keep the windows open in weather like that? No, I don't even think the windows open in there at all. So it's just cold, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the heat wasn't working. I don't know. Okay. Um, anyway, let's discuss this game as bad as it might be for mm-hmm. Packers fans. The Packers were shut out for the first time since 2006. Did you think things could get this bad for Green Bay even after the Aaron Rodgers injury? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a pretty interesting question just for me because I just moved up here in May. I came up here to cover the Green Bay Packers and hopefully cover a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> so things have uh, really fallen off in recent weeks uh, for, for for me and for the Packers. Um, in a word, no, I did not think it could get this bad. Um, I think the biggest thing is that the uh, lack of Aaron Rodgers has kind of exposed every flaw this team has. The defense still has the same flaws. Um you know, there's there's a lot of problems that Aaron Rodgers was kind of able to mask with his play. And now that he's not there, they're a completely different team. Uh, Brett Hundley obviously didn't have a very good game. So, Kelly, my question is, is he running out of chances in Green Bay? I mean, I think the boos said it all in Lambeau yesterday. There were lots of boos raining down um, when the team was on offense. But I do think the biggest thing is he, after he seemed to turn a corner against the Bears with that, you know, that, that pretty good performance against the Bears, everyone says, you know, oh, he's, he can win a game, you know, he's turned a corner. I think the biggest thing is after that he has completely regressed. Um, he finished Chicago going 4 for 4, 87 yards and a touchdown. But then he goes 21 of 36 for 239 yards and three picks, a fumble and six sacks last night. So I think that's the biggest kind of tell-all stat is that he hasn't gone forward. He took a step forward and took 15 steps back. Yeah, not a good game yesterday from Hundley with the three interceptions, Mm -hmm. another fumble. Um, Kelly, do do you think the Packers will turn or should turn to backup quarterback Joe Callahan? Should and will are two different things there, I think, for the Packers. I, after the game last night, McCarthy said um, that someone asked him, oh, did you think about bringing Callahan in after halftime? And he said, um, you know, it was 6-0 at halftime. It became 13-0. Um, and, and he said that, 
you know, that no huddle offense that they were kind of running, that's something Brett had done well. So he didn't say no, he didn't think about that, but he pretty much said no, he would never consider that. I don't know if they're just kind of stubborn at this point that they want to make this work. They've invested the, all these years in Brett Hundley. They've continued to say, he's our man, he's our man. I don't know if they're just kind of stuck on that at this point, that they wouldn't even try something different. Um, I think, you know, it couldn't hurt if, you know, I mean, they're going to play the Steelers, and I just think that game's going to be an absolute blowout. If, you know, if if it becomes a completely out of reach game, I don't see why not. Um, I don't see them actually doing it just because of the conservative and kind of uh, stubborn headed way that they can be as as a coaching staff sometimes. But I don't see why they shouldn't. At this point, or uh, pardon me, let me phrase it this way. At what point do the Packers get to the point where it's not worth it to bring Aaron Rodgers back anymore? Are they there yet? I think they're quickly approaching it if they haven't approached it already. They're 5-5. Five and five. They trail the Vikings, who are 8-2 and two in the NFC North. That's a pretty insurmountable lead, I think, at this point for the Vikings. I mean, they just beat the Rams yesterday. That was a pretty impressive performance by them. Um, I don't think they can be viewed as a serious wild card uh, you know, team. The NFC is pretty good this year. I don't think the Packers are going to be the one to get that wild card. Um, I, I think... After this week with Pittsburgh, like I said, I'm predicting that to just be a complete blowout. Um, After this week, I think it's going to be pretty obvious it's not worth Aaron Rodgers kind of hurrying up to get back. On the positive side, Kelly, uh, we've talked about (laughs) a lot of negatives here so far, but Devontae Adams had a very good performance. How good has he been playing lately? Yeah, he's been pretty solid for the Packers. He's obviously in a contract year. He's got a lot to kind of show Ted Thompson and company to, to kind of get paid this season. Um, but he's been targeted 18 times in the last two weeks. He's thrown or Hunley has thrown to him a team high 19 catches, uh, 209 yards, two touchdowns since Hunley has come in. So he's obviously one of Hunley's favorite targets. And I think that um, he should continue throwing to him because I think he's one of the most exciting receivers on this pretty stacked receivers core. Um, I think he's been playing really well. He is kind of, like you said, a bright spot in this kind of bleak situation. But the problem is for Brett Hundley, just like getting the ball to him. I don't think he sees the field very well. And he doesn't he can't really see when his receivers are open for whatever reason. Um, But so the problem is getting Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson the ball. Yeah, we're talking to Kelly Price of NBC 26 here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Uh, Kelly, the, the defense also played relatively well. Uh, they didn't let the game get out of control until late. But does that does that say more about the Packers' defense or a subpar Ravens' offense? You know, that's a really interesting question. This is actually what I did my report on last night for our, um, for our shows, is because they, they had a very solid performance that was um, completely overshadowed by the Ravens' defense's performance, which... Um, I think that performance says more about the Packers offense than it does about the Ravens defense. Um, but as far as the Ravens offense, I, I really I really think the Packers defense tried to step up in this game because um, I talked to guys in the locker room afterwards. They were saying we knew we had to create, you know, these field turning plays. We had to get good field position for our offense because, you know, it, they haven't really been getting it done themselves. They They kind of took that responsibility upon themselves um, and were pretty disappointed that they weren't able to to you know limit the Ravens to less than 23 points um so I I think that it says more about the defense at the end of the day um they had a the Ravens 
had a had 209 yards, which is a, a low for the Packers defense this year. Um, and it's the lowest they've had since week seven of the Bears last year. Um, so I think it says more about the defense. And, um, you know, they're still upset about the, the way that they still let 23 points pass by. Yeah, uh, the defense played well. Uh, maybe not great, but I think they did okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly, do, do you have anything to report or, or any thoughts on the injuries that happened this game? Clay Matthews, Kenny Clark, Justin McCray? Mm-hmm. Clay, Clay Matthews, that was really interesting. He has his first sack in, you know, a while. I can't even remember the last time he had a sack. Um, but I seem it seems like he is always kind of battling this groin injury. And then... Um, Kenny Clark, um, there were a lot of Packers that took exception to the way that injury went down. Um, Haha Clinton Dix had the most kind of outspoken response about that. He said that um, the Ravens center, Ryan Jensen, uh, he was, you know, he was going at it with Kenny Clark blocking him and he kind of rolled up on uh, Kenny's leg, his right leg. Um, he ended up going out with an ankle injury. A lot of players took exception to the fact that he kind of wasn't letting Kenny get up and he kind of rolled onto his leg, um, which they think maybe caused the injury. Haha ha Dix said, you know, that player is trash. He's a dirty player. I've been watching film on him this whole week leading up to this game. He's been a dirty player. Like, we were looking out for that. And you saw after the play, Haha ha got right in um, – his face and kind of had some words with him right after that play. Cause I think he noticed exactly what was going on there. Um, Devon house also said the same thing. He said, I did not like the way that play went down. He's a dirty player. Um, and then Justin McCray, I think honestly, and just, this is a side tangent. Justin McCray has been a Jack of all trades and a super valuable piece of this um, Packers offense. He's been able to be plugged in on so many places on the offensive line, having never played some of those, those positions. He has been, I think fantastic given that he was an undrafted free agent. Um, So he's been great. I think losing him is um, a small blow, you know, to the offense. He had a knee injury. Um, He was kind of on the bike after he sustained the injury on the sideline. He stayed on the sideline, never went to the locker room. So that's kind of a good sign. I would think that it's not too bad. He probably just tweaked something. Um, And he was replaced by Jason Spriggs, who actually was activated Saturday from injured reserve. Um, and I think he gave up, I know he gave up a sack. I don't remember how many sacks if he gave up more than that, but, um, I think that McCray has been more solid than the one time second round pick Jason Spriggs. Um, so I think that that's going to be one that hopefully he doesn't, uh, stay out too long because he's been a pretty valuable uh, piece for them. Yeah. Hopefully we'll find out more at the extent of these injuries from head coach Mm -hmm. Mike McCarthy here. Uh, uh, Kelly, if you, if you had to guess, I mean, how do you think the rest of the season plays out for the Packers? It's a, it's going to be a grind. Like I said uh, earlier, the next game up Steelers in Pittsburgh, Sunday night football this week, that is, that's going to be just a total blowout. I don't even, I don't even know what's going to happen there to be honest with you. Uh, But then you get the Browns, the Bucks. those are, technically winnable games but at this point it's it's questionable in my mind if they can actually eke out those wins um you know I I I don't see them I I don't see them bringing Aaron Rodgers back if there's not a significant um I guess they win some more games and 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 kind of get in the mix here um which means that later on when they play the Lions and the Vikings again I see the same exact results playing out as they did the first times around this season um i 
I'm maybe being pessimistic, <laughs> but that's just kind of where I'm at with that. It is discouraging. Uh, Kelly, uh, what's on deck? Are, are you traveling to Pittsburgh or what, what's the plan for coverage this week? I am not traveling to Pittsburgh. Our uh, weekend sports anchor is making the, uh, the haul over there solo. He's going to go cover that one for us, um, but we'll uh, be holding it down in the studio this weekend while he's there. Sounds good. Kelly, thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to talk to of us this course. morning. Greatly appreciate your insight and your input. Keep up the good work at NBC 26. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate all it. All right. Take care. Kelly Price of NBC 26 here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have her join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. Railbird Central, by the way, brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's upcoming craft beer bar opening in spring of 2018. Excited for that. Uh, Packers news. Let's do our weekly chips report, the post-game chips report, starting with the blue chip players, the best of the best, and you could probably guess who is the gets top billing on our chips report this week wide receiver Devonte adams the stat line eight catches 126 yards 5.8 yards per reception a long of 33 yards that was on the first drive of the game before the turnover helping the packers get inside the red zone all those statistics i just cited were team highs uh, Adams continuing a trend here of becoming the Packers' go-to receiver. He's doing a fantastic job after the catch, getting upfield and showing the strength to shake off tacklers. This is the kind of Adams I expected when the Packers drafted him. You saw glimpses of it his rookie season, which was encouraging. The second season in the NFL didn't go so well. But ever since that point, it's been on an upward tick for Devontae Adams. He's really surpassing both Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb as being the go-to receiver on this team. And it makes sense. I mean, he's the youngest. He's he's in his prime, whereas Jordy Nelson is on the backslide of his career. Uh, but Devontae Adams playing really, really well. Uh, kudos to him and what was an otherwise uninspiring performance from most of the team. Always, though, give two blue chip players no matter what. Um, and uh, the other one goes to Kyler Fackrell. Yes, this was the best game of Fackrell's career, in my opinion. It surprised me, too. Uh, I was on the why is Kyler Fackrell playing bandwagon. I might have been leading that bandwagon. But I will give Fackrell his due. Congratulations and good job, Kyler. Uh, he had five tackles, two of them for a loss, a sack that went for a loss of eight yards, and officially one quarterback hit. There are even a couple moments where he was in the backfield and another player hit the quarterback first, but had they not been there, uh, Fackrell very likely would have gotten credit for a hit too. Um, good job all around. Uh, what was impressive, I thought, more than anything, was his speed off the football uh, on his sack, Fackrell. Fackrell flew off the ball and, and did so multiple times. And, and to put it into context, by the way, he did this while playing 23 special team snaps, which was the most on the entire team. 
So it showed his conditioning was very well. And it was especially important for the team, uh, for Fackrell to have a good showing when when Clay Matthews left the game injured and didn't return. So they had a a smaller rotation at outside linebacker uh, with Fackrell. You know, of course, Nick Perry was out there, but uh, the other starter, but... You know, Vince Beagle and Ahmad Brooks had to rotate in, and, and and you know, Clay Matthews wasn't there to eat some of them up. So, really, uh, good job by Kyler Fackrell. I've been critical. Uh, has he turned a corner? It, you know, there was a coach there uh, this past week that said he's he's so close. He's so close to really turning it on, and maybe he's there. Maybe this showed he was there. I'm skeptical yet. But, hey, a great game, and by all means, continue to prove me wrong, Kyler Fackrell. You did a good job in this game. Your red chip performers, the good, maybe not great. Ha-ha, Clint Dix gets here more than anything for his interception. You know me, I like to remind anyone that interceptions on overthrows and tipped balls are overrated, uh, sometimes a product of luck more than anything. But this was a true interception. Clinton Dix made it in stride with the receiver, turned around to see the football, used his hands to secure it. But again here, like Fackrell, let's put things into context. Clinton Dix played 100% of the defensive snaps, one of only three players on the team that played all the snaps on the defensive side of the football. And then when you add five more on special teams, those 64 plays were tied for the team lead with Blake Martinez and Clinton Dix chipped in five tackles, all of them solo, uh, all around pretty good game. Uh, He had the penalty at the end, which I thought was a little ticky tack. Uh, He didn't really push that uh, ball carrier all that hard. Um, but it was out of bounds. Uh, I suppose that keeps him out of the, the blue chip category. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm not putting too much stock into that penalty. Clinton Dix, uh, good to see. A nice, solid interception for sure. Your other red chip player, uh, I'll admit it was difficult finding another deserving player in this shutout. Uh, but we'll give rookie safety Josh Jones credit. He wasn't the reason the Packers lost. Uh, and it was a good performance for a rookie. He had seven tackles, which was tied for second most on the team. And most of those tackles went for either short gains, uh, some of them coming short of the sticks for a first down. And he drew a holding call that pushed the Ravens back. Uh, it, it wasn't a special performance by any means. Uh, we We still need to see more out of him, but it was a step forward for Jones. You know, he, he got off to a good start the first few games of the season. Uh, you thought, oh, here's you know, here's a really nice draft pick for the Green Bay Packers. Then he took what appeared to be a step back uh, over the, the middle part of the season. And now, after this game, we can maybe say he was he's trending upward again. Uh, next, he's got to make some plays. He's got to tip some balls. He's got to grab some interceptions. He's got to force or recover some fumbles. But like I said, Jones wasn't the problem. All in all, a good day for him and an encouraging performance for him going forward. Your cow chips, the worst of the worst here. Um, of course, Brett Hundley. Uh, now, if we remember Hundley's 
first appearance after Aaron Rodgers got injured in the Vikings game, it was bad. You know, he threw three interceptions, but you give him the benefit of the doubt because he didn't prepare for that game. He wasn't, you know, taking the practice reps, and it was the first extended NFL action of his career in a regular season game. And you you were at least encouraged that he took baby steps after that game. They were small, but especially the win over the Bears, he showed promise. Then on Sunday, Sunday happened, and it set the barometer back at zero. It was a pitiful, pitiful performance. Uh, the first interception of the day wasn't good, but to me it's almost as if you could excuse it. He made a predetermined read. But he didn't expect the defender to be there, and I'm not sure I would have either. That was a really good play by the uh, uh, Jimmy Smith. And, and in you know, uh, Brett Hundley led the team all the way down the field in just a handful of plays, and you thought, well, just bounce back and you'll be fine. <laughs> but he didn't. You know, the next interception was the worst. If you're going to throw the ball away, you've got to get the thing out of bounds. Or uh, that play should have been out of bounds. Um so he throws three interceptions on the day. He has a fourth turnover via fumble. Of the six sacks he endured for a loss of 49 yards, at least were a at least a couple were on Hundley's shoulders. He often makes such poor choices leaving the pocket or stepping up in the pocket. Um, then throw in being guilty on a pair of penalties, and all in all, it was a horrific day when you. St- and you start to understand why McCarthy has put the reins on Hundley uh, because this was the most freedom he had yet, and it backfired, and, and it was really a bad performance by Hundley. I, even if I'm the Packers coach, I'm not sure I make the move with, with Joe Callahan yet as the Packers go into Pittsburgh Steelers territory. Uh, not to say that Joe Callahan maybe shouldn't play, especially if, Brett Hundley has another poor performance. Maybe he gets relieved by Joe Callahan in this one. Um, but I, I agree. I, I think, you know, you've you've invested so much into Hundley. Let him go out there. See if he can do it. I'm not confident in, in that he can. I'm not sure anybody is. But I, I can see why the Packers, you know, here's the most experienced guy. Um, and, and maybe if you have a better great game plan and the running games working around him, maybe they can stay in contention for this one. Um, but a lot is going to have to go right uh, outside of Brett Hundley for that to happen. So uh, it is what it is. Um, Devontae Mays. Then there's Devontae Mays making his NFL debut on offense. He gets the other cow chip. He got his welcome to the NFL moment and then some. <laughs> he should have known Regular season NFL football is unlike anything he's seen before. He was surrounded by multiple defenders and didn't properly secure the football. And it came at a critical time and it was a disappointment. Mike McCarthy admitted to losing confidence in him after the game. And yet upon finally getting back in the game again with the game out of hand, Mays promptly fumbled again. So two out of his first three NFL carries were fumbled. He finished the game with three carries for negative one yards. And, and, you know, some people on social media sometimes criticize me for for putting the rookies and the players further down the depth chart on the cow chip list. But what you have to understand is I'm not grading on a curve here. 
These guys are all paid to be professionals, and in this case, aren't remotely getting you know close to getting the job done. In in the case of Devontae Mays, but but just because I singled Mays out doesn't mean I think his career is over. It just means he's got to get better. I, I'm not going to sit here and say cut him. <laughs> you know, a lot a lot of people pointed out yesterday that Kareem Hunt fumbled on his first NFL carry, and, and Mays can take solace in that. Uh, but he's got to do better. Um, it, it was it was very poor performance, and he certainly wasn't alone. We we can make you know uh, there are plenty of candidates to go in the cow chip category, including some you know veteran players who have been around the block. Uh, some I think you know added some positive things for the Packers, uh, albeit a lot more negative. Uh, but that was the worst of the worst of the bunch. So there you go. There's your chips report. Uh, brief commentary uh, on Kenny Clark's injury in particular. Kelly Price already. I, I I didn't know what detail she would go into. Uh, but yeah, I mean, haha Clinton Dix called Ryan Jensen, the Raven Center, quote, a dirty player, end quote, in his uh, comments after the game to the media. It's a shame here because we don't know the extent of Kenny Clark's injury, but just the way... You know, the, the his teammates reacted the way you saw Clark come off the field. Um, I'm just not getting the feeling that he's going to be back in time for the Steelers game. Uh, I think we're probably looking here at a multiple-week injury, if not a season-ending one. Obviously, I, I don't want to make any—I'm not making any final determination here. I don't know one way or the other. Maybe we'll find out a little bit more from Mike McCarthy's— press conference here uh maybe they still don't know the extent of it yet but uh it's not good and you know if Kenny Clark is out that's a real big blow to the Packers defense because he's been so good this year I'm not sure how the other players can match his performance Quinton Dial hasn't been bad but he certainly hasn't been good uh maybe Montrevious Adams is ready to finally step up you know, is as a rookie here. Although I'll, I'll admit, I was he was uh, one of the game day inactives here uh, for the Ravens game, and uh, was kind of disappointed in that. And, and you know, he had gotten a chance the past two weeks and didn't do anything special. Uh, perhaps you know, you could say he didn't do anything terribly bad. But uh, he's he's going to have to step up if if Kenny Clark is missing any amount of time so uh it's unfortunate and maybe we'll learn out what he and and clay matthews uh the extent of their injuries we don't really know a whole lot now right now other than what they you know part of the body they injured we don't know how long they'll be out but we're looking forward to that uh finding out what happened to them or the the prognosis let's say anyway the day ahead all right so the head coach's day after game press conference on Monday occurs early, at least earlier than usual. Uh, perhaps it's because it's Thanksgiving week and they have a compressed schedule. You know, I don't think they get the entire day off of practice on Thursday, but if I'm correct, as I remember here under, under head coach Mike McCarthy, I think they try to get everyone out of the facility early. Uh, but anyway, Mike McCarthy's press conference is streamed live at 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time on Packers.com today, followed by the 
teams coordinators at 11:15 a.m. Um, and then after that, as usual, you know, Monday is heavy on the Packers talk shows with the head coach himself recording his show at Lambeau Field in front of a live audience uh, that is free admission if you want to go. Ty Montgomery is on Clubhouse Live. Safety Josh Jones is on the fifth quarter. I believe it's Jeff Janis's turn to host In the Huddle. Um, but then uh, Monday night, Monday evening, is also the return of an annual occurrence. Uh, here's maybe after you've been thoroughly disappointed in the play of the Packers. Um, here's, here's something to make you happy and something the Packers organization does extremely well. Packers players ring the Salvation Army Bell to collect donations in return for autographs. It's a really cool fundraiser in which the Packers have collected tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years. Um, and it happens every Monday through, throughout the holiday season, starting here before Thanksgiving, uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving. And then once again, just like last year, quarterback Aaron Rodgers is matching all donations. Um, so that's really cool. Um, this Thursday, um, or pardon me, uh, today on Monday, uh, members of the secondary are featured. So the players ringing bells today and signing autographs. Uh, top draft pick, Kevin King. Uh, second round draft pick, Josh Jones. And, and then cornerback veteran, Devon House. So if you're in the greater Green Bay area and want some autographs, your donation will go to a good cause, goes to the Salvation Army. It's a cool thing that the Packers do here. And uh, all donations are matched by Aaron Rodgers himself. So uh, go out, check it out, do it. And, and if you can't make it this Monday, it happens every Monday throughout the, the holiday season, uh, right up through, through Christmas time. Um, they have different players every week. I don't know who it's going to be next week, but uh, really cool that they're starting that again here. So maybe that'll give it, leave you with a feel-good moment here today. But uh, that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank everybody so much for joining us. Thank you to Kelly Price of NBC26 for being our guest on today's show. Already got our next guest lined up, Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Joining us as he does every Wednesday during the season. We'll recap this game and start to look forward to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Wednesday's show. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Uh, That'll do it, folks. I'll see you later. I leave you today with a song called Hard Livin' by Railroad Earth on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later. Go, hack, go. Go.